We gon' drop on them. Y'all better play safe. Whoa. Stop on. And I got racks on. Don't be bitter, yo, dope. They reconsider that shit be stepped on. Eastside Johnny way out that project, but then I get my rep on. Fuck your feeling, no question, bitch. I kill it, I bring that check home. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight is Monday, November 11th. Coming at you straight from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel. Uh, This is Sam. I'm coming at you, as usual, live from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, And today, on this B Block uh, I'm going to get us started right off and kind of introduce this topic, and then Joel's going to take the range from there, because quite honestly, I don't really give a shit. So here we go. Uh, we're talking about the NCAA right now. The NCAA this week, uh, in a surprise move, said that it plans on allowing their student athlete uh their student athletes to begin profiting off of their image, likeness, and name. Um the Board of Governors on Tuesday voted unanimously to uh, allow them, allow this, um, and it was really, really bold. It was, like, really bold of them because, you know, states had already begun doing it for them. So, <clears throat> in the decision followed a uh, adoption of a California law that bans schools uh, in the state from preventing student-athletes from accepting money or compensation from advertisers and that also allows them to hire agents uh the governor governor gavin newsom mm-hmm. said that this legislation would be the beginning of the of a movement and it was with other states introducing bills and uh congress saying that they would take a look at it as well <clears throat> um so with all this political support for paying college athletes the ncaa Lay like boldly and trailblazingly uh, backed off on its public resistance to the idea. Right. Uh, they pushed back initially against California's measure, um, and then they've taken a more conciliatory tone, saying that they should be more move forward with ongoing efforts to make adjustments. Quote. Um, so, I guess the question, Joel, is. What's going to happen with the NCAA paying their athletes moving forward? Um, well, the I think we're still a long ways away from that happening. You know, um, it says here, this modernization for the future is a natural extension for the numerous steps NCAA members have taken in recent years to improve support with student athletes, including full cost of attendance and guaranteed scholarships. So I think you mentioned it, and this is the important thing, is the NCAA realizes that they need to get out in front of this because uh, I, I believe that the tide is turning. Ooh, excuse me. The tide is turning, so to speak, towards getting payment for so-called student athletes. And I put that in uh, finger quotes, air quotes right now, very importantly, because I do want to come back to the concept of the student athlete in general, because that's kind of a loaded concept that the NCAA uses to justify not paying these students. The big important thing is what California was doing, right? It's important 
to remember that if California were its own nation, California would have the fifth largest economy of any country in the world, right? California is huge. And when California comes out and says, hey, NCAA, we're not going to be, you're not going to be able to have events in the state of California if you don't provide compensation for players. That's enough right. leverage to make the NCAA start changing their tune. Right. So that's what's huge about this. Right? It's all, you know, it's all about the money. you got to follow the money. And as soon as California, you know, nobody would give a shit if Delaware, you know, tried to pass a bill to compensate student-athletes. You know, it's about, it's really California. Maybe Texas could have enough economic uh, uh, wait to pull this off, but they wouldn't want to. Maybe Florida would be the other one. Yeah, they Texas want is to thinking end. about invading California over this right now, actually. Right, right, because that's where we get back to the whole goddamn culture wars, right? Because there's nothing bigger in Texas than Texas football, and the thing that's just that uh, that suspends. What's the word I'm looking for? Lifts up high school and college football is that you don't pay the players. That's the only thing that makes makes it function, is that you don't pay the players. Right. Um, well, that's like, so, but it, it's kind of like the NCAA right now is a victim of its own success and is in re- very real danger of having control taken away from it, right? Yes. Because college sports didn't used to be as big as they are now. Like they were like way regional, but it's like, I feel like college football is maybe the number two sport in the country right now after NFL football. Yes. Yes. And that's got to do with the network TV. Right. Right. And, and you see, we've talked about this on this podcast a bunch of times where people freaking out about declining attendance in baseball they're not really looking at the big picture because Major League Baseball is as profitable as ever based on TV deals. Right. So who gives a shit about attendance at sports games? That's not how sports teams make their money anymore. The same is true in football. Attendance is declining at games at NFL and at college football, yet revenue continues to increase. Now, here's the thing. And is my camera broken? Yeah, I can't see you. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. Um, it's like frozen on mine, but I, I can just, see you. I just assumed that you were like pacing around with your shirt off right now. You were so <laughs> amped up about talking about college football. I really amped up. <laughs> uh, oh, that's the thing about NCAA losing control. Right. There's another well, no, argument. My Go point ahead. is is that like, the NCAA was able to kind of operate with complete autonomy and like absolute power. But now that college football is so popular and like college basketball is so popular, they're getting a lot of attention from Congresses and, you know, people are interested in like fucking with that power. So they're like kind of freaking out right now. Yes. Let me, let me read. Let's go to the Wikipedia corner for a minute. Nice. Um, because uh, in the 2016-27... Okay. The NCAA is a cartel organization that regulates student-athletes 
from North American institutions and conferences. It organizes athletic programs of colleges and universities in the United States and Canada and helps more than 408,000 college student athletes compete annually in college sports. Headquarters is organization headquartered in Indianapolis. In 2016-27, the NCAA took in $1.06 billion in revenue, over 82% of which was generated by the Division I men's basketball tournament. Oh, shit. Exactly. So college football is small potatoes. No. Oh. The NCAA doesn't make any money off college football. Oh. That's the thing. Because the networks do. Disney, ABC, ESPN, that they're all the same company now, right? Right. ABC owns ESPN. Disney owns ABC. Right. They make I all- Radio owns Disney. I <laughs> exactly. Now we're going to the paranoia court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make all the money, and the conferences make the money. Right. right? The Pac-12, the SEC, the Big Ten. They make all the money, and then it goes to the university, and right. then it goes to administrators, honestly. Right. The universities are doing just fine in this deal. Especially the big ones. Right. Yeah, yeah. You've got this whole pyramid scheme where everybody's getting paid except the people who are actually doing the labor, the college football players. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're the ones who, you know, may die. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Yeah, or at best have, like, a very short NFL career, seriously. Yeah, that's, like, really the best they can hope for. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, and so the NCAA has come to college football. So, like, the whole college football playoff, the NCAA actually has nothing to do with that, right? The the Bulls, which is, you know, the college football postseason, NCAA has nothing to do with that. The NCAA has come to the conferences and asked, do you want us to organize a playoff? They organized the division, uh, it used to be called Division 1AA, now it's called the FCS. There is a college football playoff that the NCAA organizes every winter. And right. it's, it's always won by South Dakota State. Oh. Yeah. Wait, I, you're not talking about the, the playoff. No, I'm not talking about the playoff that Alabama wins. The playoff that Alabama and Clemson win has the NCAA has nothing to do with organizing that and right. gets zero percent of the revenue from that. That wow. all goes to the conferences and to ESPN. Ugh. Yeah. Which is ABC, which is Disney. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm going through this. I'm sorry this is long, but basically there's zero incentive. For any of these organizations to change the system as it now exists. Because, because the NCAA has no power. Yeah, but the NCAA has no, they don't, I mean, they would like to get a piece of the pie. Right. But they don't have an incentive to, like, make the college football teams pay their players. Right. Right, like, they don't want to piss, piss off the SEC. Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think really they don't want to piss off Disney. I think what? Disney is the one driving this whole fucking. That, uh, is, that is not a stupid plan. <laughs> right. Or iHeartRadio. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. But that changes if the government of California comes out and says, no, really, you have to pay these dues. Right. right. So that's where the, the actual leverage, the convergence of interest is coming through. Right, right, right. But, yeah. And, you know, that's got to kind of freak out the NCAA. Yes, I think they are really freaked out. Yes. Yeah. I think they are really, really worried about it. Right. Because uh, they're trying to flex on California, and California was just like, well, mm-hmm. don't need you. I got six football teams in L.A. right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> None of them are very good. Right, none of them are very good. <laughs> But we went to the Super Bowl last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, better than New Jersey. Yeah, better than New Jersey. Uh, how am I doing on time? Oh, we got a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Joe. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to talk about student athletes. Um, right. So do you remember it was about... I, I want to hear what you think about like how a payment structure should work. Oh, we're like, yeah. we're like okay. losing all of our listeners, right? Yeah, now. I know, I know. It's <laughs> like, mm, tell me about that payment structure, hypothetical payment structure. The B and B block stands for boring. It's boring as fuck. <laughs> They're like, God damn it! When's Saturday coming so I can listen to C block? Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, payment structures. <laughs> Yay, payment structures. So here's my question. This is why I want to talk about the designation of student athlete. I had a job in grad school, right? Right. I had a job. I was at the University of Chicago getting my master's degree. Yeah. And I had a partial scholarship, but I was also paying a lot, and I had taken out loans. And I was working 20 hours a week at the uh, Department of Archaeology scanning maps it was a cool job they have all these maps from like world war ii era that are really huge and i had to put them in a very big scanner and they'd go through and label them and then enter them into the u chicago database did you ever like drop your cup of coffee on like a really old map (laughs) No. Or I then thought... you're like trying to jab it up with your tie and you accidentally light it on fire, you know, like a real sort of like <laughs> three stooges sort of chain of events. Uh, also, side note, University of Chicago still holds the records for most Big Ten football championships. Okay. Uh, but I was getting paid 30 hours a week to do that job. There is no rule against me getting paid to do that job for right. the University of Chicago. Right. There is only a rule against athletes getting paid. Right. So the question is, why is that not considered a job? Right. We give university undergraduate and graduate students jobs to help them pay for their education. And it's not getting paid in scholarship money. It's getting paid in cash. Right. I got a check. Well, yeah, not cash. Uh, yeah. It's not like what? the University of Chicago is like sliding you an envelope of money <laughs> under the table at the end of every week. <laughs> right. Which is what they're doing hey, now. You forget about it. Like. <clears throat> right. Which is what boosters do now. 
because there is a payment scheme and it's all under the table. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. But I didn't. My point being that I didn't have to use that money to pay for my scholarship. I could use it to buy like old style beer if I wanted to. I never right. would have done that because that's piss water. But right. it would have been my choice. Sure. Yeah. So what happened was that the NCAA get started in the beginning of the 20th century, mostly because kids were dying playing college football, right? This is the Teddy Roosevelt story, where college football was wildly popular across America, and kids were fucking dying. Right. And so they create the NCAA to try to have some kind of rules and regulations. But when they did that, they also created the category of the student-athlete. And they did that because if you are a student-athlete, you do not have the right to get paid for your labor. You also, and you know where this is going, don't have the right to organize as a union. Right. Good. They got something right. (laughs) Right. And that's what Northwestern was trying to do, I think it was two or three years ago, was that the Northwestern football team was like, we want to organize as a union. It didn't work. But I think that's got to be the next step. Right. Um, at the University of Illinois, there are lots of unions. The grad students are a union. Uh, non-tenured faculty are a union. I don't know if there are any undergrads who are unions. Um, but I think that's going to be the next step, honestly. Because it doesn't make sense. Like, like my point being is that they created the, the the label of student athlete so that they did not have to pay them. Right. That's the only point of it. Where everybody else is an employee, these dudes are student athletes. Right. Students. Well, so my question really is like, how do these? If like in a world where they're getting paid, how do they get paid? Because unlike you know, in some in pro sports, it's like every team in a league has the same opportunities even if they're not all teams are created equal they're like have the same ability and like right. that's not the case in college right so like a lo- you know a team like the Padres can pay 300 million dollars to Manny Machado and so can the Yankees right so it's like um, but that's not the case. Like, they don't care about there being a level playing field in college football. So is there a level paying scale? I don't think there will be. I think, I, I think, first of all, the only reason that works in baseball is because we, some for some reason, exempt major sports leagues from antitrust laws. Right. <laughs> Which is bizarre. <laughs> um, and the other thing is there's no... There's no equality right now in college sports, right? Your Alabamas and your Ohio States are always going to have access to the better players than Northwestern or New Mexico, right? Yep. Right? Even now, it's that way. What might happen is more of these smaller uh, football programs have to fold. Right. I could foresee that happening. Now, I want to come back to the idea of the union because in an ideal world, you would negotiate between management and labor and find a workable pay scale. 
Like, that's how every other industry works, right? Right. Right? What does the free market pay for college football players? It's going to be less than professional players. But it's something. Right. But is it going to be like work study? Are they going to get paid minimum wage or whatever? I don't know. And I think that's a really good question. Because, like, for me, these players are generating a tremendous amount of revenue for the school. Right. And And it's the players that are generating the revenue. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, they should get paid in some way for doing that. And the thing is, because this is the whole thing, because this entire system is based on not paying mostly the football players. Because right. if you're at the uni- University of Minnesota right now, Minnesota Golden Gophers, they're not one of the bigger or more successful college football teams. But they're 9-0 and right now in the Big Ten. They just beat Penn State in a very exciting game. Um, and now they have their best start since 1904. So the Minnesota football team is going to generate an insane amount of revenue this season. And that revenue is going to go to propping up all the other athletic programs at the University of Minnesota. Right. And so to, like, try making the Minnesota, University of Minnesota more appealing to, like, future recruitment classes. Yes, exactly. And paying the coach. They already paid the coach. He's going to get shit. So if you're paying the players, suddenly there's a revenue stream. I'm not going to say dries up, but it gets a lot thinner. And now you're like, oh, how am I going to keep my water polo department, you know, program open? Because I'm not going to have as much football money to pay for it. Isn't it like in every state, the the highest paid public employee in the entire state is always the football coach? Almost. Uh, New Hampshire, it's the hockey coach. Yeah. And Vermont, probably it's something else, too, because yeah. yeah. we don't have a football team. Right. Yeah. No, but that's true. Yeah. Um, and so that means, though, that then we should start talking about actually publicly funding public universities again. Right. <laughs> right. So that gets into this larger question of why are we depending on, you know, private funding for public universities? Right. Why does Disney own all of the public universities in the country? <laughs> exactly. Except for Oregon, which is owned by Nike. Which is owned by Nike, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so that's going to be the next question. Um, and it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see what happens. I think the NFL is the other organization that should be getting real worried right now. Because... You know, we remember when we did that B block about all the like minor league football leagues that have tried and failed. Right, God, that was so boring. I liked that episode. No, actually, that's true. That was probably <laughs> one of our most interesting B blocks. <laughs> I think that the reason for that is because football, just the game, is more expensive, and so unless you're generating the huge amount of revenue that the NFL is doing, or unless you're not fucking paying your players like college football does, you cannot sustain it. Right. Right? And so 
right now the NFL uses college football as its development league. Right. And so, the, right, exactly. And yeah. that's the other thing. Right. Yeah. So if college football players start getting paid, that I would be really interested if the NFL starts getting worried and may actually look into how are we going to start our own development league that we can afford to prop up. Right. Like NBA has the, the D league, I think it's called right now. Yeah, I think that, I mean, they have to start paying their student athletes. They got to start like offering lifelong insurance. Yes. Um, if they play, I don't know, two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they're, you know, injured. Here's another. Because it's just, you know, they don't even have to pay them pro salaries. Like, no. Right. But you got to not, you can't just have that. That's so much money. It's so much yep. fucking money. Yep. It's a lot. Yeah. Google that. Like, yeah. like, what are college football revenues? Because it's a lot. Yeah. I was also thinking, um, like, if you give – this is – if you give a kid a full-ride scholarship to play uh, football, yeah, I would want an addition to it that they could come back at any time to finish their degree. Right. Because I think a lot of them leave early without graduating because they need money to go to the – you know, that the NFL can pay. And then maybe they go two or three years – in the NFL and then they get hurt and then they're like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Right. Well, they also should be like, when these kids are student athletes, they should make them like do college. Go to class. Yeah. Go to class. Yeah. 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 I think that would be a huge change too. Right. And that might, you know, force the NBA and the NFL to like fund their own, you know, semi-pro league or whatever. Yep. All right, let's see what Forbes.com has to say. Ah, turn off my ad blocker, you assholes. I have turned off my ad blocker. Oof, big, huge mistake. <laughs> the sport's 25 most valuable programs. Never mind. This is pissing me off. We are good journalists. We are good journalists, everyone. Don't fucking listen to anybody else. Get your news here. All right, the 20 most profitable college football programs. So this is profit, not revenue. Right. Number one, Texas, $92 million. Uh Uh-huh. Tennessee, LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Auburn, Alabama, Oregon's at $40 million. Florida State, Arkansas. Arkansas? Really? Jesus. Washington, Florida, Texas A&M, Penn State, Michigan State, USC, number 20, South Carolina at $28 million. Texas makes the most money after expenses because of television revenue. The University of Texas owns the Longhorn Network, which broadcasts its games. The most profitable conferences, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, each run their own lucrative television network as well. Television revenue also boosts the profits of Notre Dame's football team, and the Fighting Irish have an exclusive deal with NBC to broadcast its games. 
Uh, okay. Ten years ago. The reality is that even athletic departments with the most profitable football programs struggle to break even. That's that's going to be the kicking point. Is right. that the you know Texas is going to take most of that ninety-two million dollars and give it to the coach, and then the rest is going to go to the water polo program or like the Quidditch team. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Right? They're all being funded by football money. Okay, I got a list. All right. I don't know. Let's see. When was this from? August 18th. Okay. Number one, the highest revenue in the country is Texas. Mm-hmm. Right? This yeah. is revenue, not profit. This is revenue. Okay, what's its revenue? Yeah. $219,402,579. Yep, that's a lot. And this, this is just the school. This like doesn't account for the networks and the... Oh, I guess this well, one. Most of that revenue should be coming from the Longhorn Network. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Texas A&M is number two at $212,399,426. Yeah. And... <clears throat> So this is also why the state of Texas is not doing what the state of California is doing. Right. Yeah. But those teams also play on national. Those teams also play on Disney. Right. Yep. Okay. So it's Texas one, Texas A&M two. Number three is Ohio State at 205 million. Uh-huh. Number four is Michigan at 195 million. Number five, Alabama, 177 million. Number six, Georgia, 176 million. Oklahoma, 175. Florida, 168. Sorry, Florida State. Florida State. Penn State at 165. Yep. Florida at 161. And then Wisconsin, Auburn, Michigan State, LSU, Tennessee. That's the top 15. Oh, interesting. Thought Oregon would be up there higher. Um, yeah, there's a lot of money going around, and it's going to take legal action to get them to pay the players. Right. Yeah. They're not going to just do it, because it's the right thing to do. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a lot more we can say about this. Uh... But let's not. I want to. I'm going to come back to this at some someday. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you uh, give us a quick rundown of what's going on in college football right now before we sign off? Yeah. So there's a uh, lot going on. There's a lot going on. LS, so this is the second week of college football rankings. LSU just went into Alabama, beat them 46 to 41. And so now LSU should be the number one team in the country next week and have the inside track to winning the SEC and getting a ticket to the college football playoff. Right. Uh, we could see a rematch of that game, right? In we the could. The SEC final? Uh, no, they're in the same division. So Alabama is probably not going to be able to make the SEC championship. They'll oh. LSU to lose to somebody else. Right. The most likely matchup of the SEC championship will be LSU versus Georgia, who's in the East. 
Um, but if LSU wins that game and then you have undefeated LSU and one loss Alabama, who has only lost to LSU, there will be an argument that Alabama should get into the final four of the college football playoff. I don't like that argument, but it's going to be made. Um, right. Probably by, I don't know, Skip Bayless. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Danielson, Gary Danielson. Yeah, Gary Danielson, huge yeah. Alabama booster. Yep. Clemson is undefeated in the ACC. They're the defending champs. The rest of the ACC is trash. So, and Clemson just won a game by like 50 or 60 points against North Carolina State. So, Clemson doesn't really have any margin of error because they don't play anybody else who's going to be good. But if they finish undefeated, they'll get to the Final Four. There are two undefeated teams left in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Minnesota. Uh, They are on a crash course in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State will be heavy, heavy favorites if they meet Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship. Right. And the winner of that game will go to the Final Four. And then in the West, uh, you've got my Oregon Ducks at 8-1, and one, and the Utah Utes are also, excuse me, 8-1. and one. If they both can win out, they'll play each other for the Pac-12 championship. They're the Utes? Yep, the Utah like, Utes, like the Native Americans. U-T-E-S, Utah Utes. Um, the winner of that will need some help. Like, the winner of that game will probably go to the Rose Bowl and not the college football playoffs. But if somebody else loses, they'll be in. And then you've got Oklahoma with one loss, and Baylor is still undefeated, but they're not very good. So, what is that? Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams with legitimate chances at the final. Right. So, who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, and then I think it's going to be Oklahoma. Uh, Not Alabama. Yeah, I think if Oklahoma – I think the guys who decide will value winning your conference, and so Alabama will need someone to end with two losses in order to get it. Right. Uh, That's my guess. But we'll see. All right. College football. Go Ducks. We play Arizona this week. Uh, it's going to be good. Uh, could be an Oregon versus Minnesota Rose Bowl, which has never happened before. And Minnesota has not gone to the Rose Bowl since 1962. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Illinois won at Michigan State. They came back from down 28-3 to to win a game. And they are now bowl eligible for the first time in five years. Then who is? I'm sorry. Illinois. The Illini. Oh. Yeah. Six Damn. and four. Yep. Cannon's been firing. Exactly. It's exciting. The team has been trashed for five years. Right. Yeah. Are people excited in town? Yeah, people are real excited. Are like the bars packed on game day? You know they haven't been, and I'm not quite sure why. Um Tickets are still super cheap, and everyone's just going to the game because the beer is cheaper there. Yeah, they are selling beer. This is the first year they've sold beer at the stadium. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks for indulging me and talking about college football for about 35 minutes. I appreciate it. Jesus. It seemed like fucking forever. <laughs> we'll do it again. After the Rose Bowl, we'll definitely come back to this because right. it's fun. I fucking love this. This is the season. Like, we keep talking about college football. This is going to be the season where Joel has, like, an on air breakdown, just like freaks <laughs> out and smashes his computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. But it's November, man. We don't have anything else to talk about. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm going to sign off. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Um, this has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a baseball podcast, but sometimes Sam just lets me talk about college football. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, try to keep you happy, you know, Joe? Exactly. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Check us out on all your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And listen to us on all your apps that broadcast podcasts. If you listen to us on Apple iTunes, please give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or those thugs over at iHeartRadio. For Sam, my name is Joel. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. We old school like dominoes. My old school make lawyers know. My old school of matchbox. Black on black, bad bitch in the back. We balling on the hard top. Yeah, if they pay their players, Rutgers football is folded. There will be yeah. no Rutgers football. <laughs> right. But nobody will notice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, there just will be no many, no more New York Giants. Right. Right.